Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is December the 14th, 2015. Strong head. <laughs> Why I say that? 2019. Dude, we're almost in the golden age. Why am I going back in time? I'm so happy it's 2019 and not 2015. Strong hand, long-term thinking. It's it's a little late. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Dis deferral of gratification. I can't speak. Relentless, strive for greatness, ambition, avoid mediocrity, principles over practicality, solutions over sympathy. All right, everybody, check out Friday's show. This week at Bitcoin was wild. We had JW on. We had... JW Weatherman, BTC Benny, and the great Jeet. What a great combination. Best guest in the freaking space, baby. But a lot of you got freaked out by JW. Dude, <laughs> as for Bitcoin storage, this is the Beyond Bitcoin show. So we really won't talk about Bitcoin here. Dude, I've got plenty of Bitcoin. I don't do complicated things with it. I'm a hardware wallet guy. Trace Mayer was on the show Thursday talking about proof of keys. Again, he probably, he might have a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. Do you have a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin? You really don't have to do what he does because he's richer than you, a lot richer than you. Um, I don't do what he does. Don't let those guys freak you out. What you have to worry about is just get your coins off of exchanges. That's your main issue there. That's your main, uh, hardware wallets are fine. They're fine, okay? They Those guys can rip on them as much as they want to. Go ahead, make my day. And if you if you get freaked out easily, then don't watch Friday's or Thursday's show. So hello, my elite friends. If you have questions about Beyond Bitcoin, even about Bitcoin stuff, you could do a super chat. You could type in Bitcoin Meister and it turns a color. So you know that I saw it. If it, you just write in Bitcoin Space Meister, I don't see it. You have to write in Bitcoin Meister, one word. You have to spell it correctly. I think you have to put an at beforehand. Just you can tell it works when it changes colors. All right. So, yeah, I, we almost went in the time machine, the 2015. No, no need to do that. Well, some of you actually should go back to that there so you can see that there's no reason to panic with Bitcoin. We have ups and downs. And that was when people were freaked out that it could go to zero. That's when it was 200 and some dollars. Come on, people. Oh, strong hand, baby. And I, am I glad that I didn't sell then? Heck yeah. Am, am I glad that I bought a lot then? Yeah. I bought more in 2016 than 2015. I did. I did. 2016 was my biggest buying year. All right. So we're going to move to uh, the what's going on here. I want to talk about David Berlinski again. I linked to a video of his below called uh, David Berlinski on Science, Philosophy, and Society. First of all, you, you should watch that video. You should just look him up. He is, he's out there. He's different than anyone uh, that I've talked about before and probably anyone you've watched before. It's refreshing to have a guy respectfully not worship scientists and put them like on a pedestal. Um, basically, he says, don't look to scientists for the answers to why we are here. I mean, scientists can answer so much, so much. There's so many times the scientists are correct, okay? But I think you'll come away uh, with the following from watching his videos. 
that there's something beyond science. There is something beyond science. He doesn't necessarily believe in God either, but he like jumps around the subject in a very interesting way. Uh, science does not, ex- it does not explain everything. And uh, and I'm, I'm not saying to be a science denier, like, you know, the, the, say the earth is flat and all, all sorts of ridiculous things. But th- there comes a certain point when uh, scientists are not always right. All right. And there's, this is such a complex universe that we live in. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Who, who knows? Who knows? Watch David Berlinski. He, he puts it uh, a lot in a lot uh, in, a, in a better philosophical uh, perspective there than uh, than I just did. Okay, and it's linked to below that that specific one, but you got to look him up on YouTube and pound that like button, people. That guy says Bitcoin Meister. No, you don't need an at anymore. Oh, good, you don't need an at anymore. If you can just type in Bitcoin Meister, that is what uh, that guy did. You just got to spell it right. M-E-I-S-T-E-R, M-E-I. People spell it wrong. Uh, Yes, M-T-M-D. Was he the one on the Ben Shapiro interview? Yes, three, I think it was three weeks ago. It was Berlinski. And he's he's not a young man. (laughs) And I played at 2X. So to me, he speaks at a a good pace. Maybe he's a slow talker too. That's why you got to play this stuff at 2X. I hope you're playing this at 2X. Okay, so I, I started to listen to music again because the morning period ended uh on my father's yurt site date that was on tuesday uh so i didn't <laughs> i think i didn't get around to listen to music until uh when, when did i leave baltimore i left baltimore on wednesday so yeah went wednesday night I, I listened to wish you were here by pink floyd because oddly enough that was the last song i heard uh when i was driving uh to meet my family before my father's funeral over a year ago now that happened to be the song on the radio wish you were here was a very interesting song uh, to have when you're going to a funeral and then that was it i went went to the funeral the morning started and uh so i decided that that would be the first song i listened to now that the morning is oh it sounded so beautiful oh all music so i then then, but that was uh that was wednesday i had to prepare to leave on thursday i had to do a lot of things. I stayed up all Wednesday night, by the way. So I slept on the, I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, so finally uh, on Friday, yesterday, and then tonight, I started listening to more music, Pink, uh, obviously more Pink Floyd, The Who, uh, Chicago, all sorts, <laughs> all sorts of bands, yeah, yeah. Uh, The Cars. And, oh, it's so crisp. It's so crisp to hear music again. And you can tell I'm pretty happy. But man, when I was, wish you were here, I was like pumping my thigh. Yeah, every song. Uh, 515 by The Who. I mean, it just sound, it sounds a lot better. We haven't listened to music in a year. It's uh, you, you appreciate it a little bit more. It's a, it's a lot crisper. And it, it helps me when I'm working out. And uh, <laughs> I, I did notice that uh, now... A lot of people, I only listen to music on YouTube, by the way. So I, I don't pay for music, obviously. Does anyone play for music anymore? Uh, and wait a second. Okay. okay. And, and so now I notice, I actually noticed this on a lot of videos. Like if you don't stop an advertisement from playing, there's like two advertisements now. And you, songs are usually, what, between four and eight minutes if it's the Pink Floyd song. There are 12 minutes, 18 minutes if it's a Pink Floyd song. Uh, and so you're, you know, you, four minute song, you listen to it, then you play another one. 
And sometimes you're not, you're stu you're making some food or whatever, so you can't get there right away. All of a sudden now, everybody's got two advertisements after every one of their videos, every one of their music videos. Maybe this is something YouTube, this has changed. There's more advertisements since I was listening, like, since a year ago, okay? So, so, so a lot has changed here on, on YouTube, and, and we're going to get into that in a second. Now, some of that might have been optional. I, I, I hope you guys like that I never put advertisements in the middle of my head. I can't, I can't stand advertisements in the middle of videos. And you know, someone like, uh, who is it? Uh, not uh, Thinking Ape. Thinking Ape. He'll have a 12-minute video. Where he's got five advertisements. It's horrifying. It's, it's absolutely horrible. All right. I mean, how much more money do you make from five, five advertisements in the middle of your video? I, I, maybe it's a lot. I don't know. I, I haven't. I don't need it. I don't try. I don't. I think it's so annoying. I, I would not. I don't want you guys to. Uh, the video people to experience that. Now, the audio, there are no advertisements at the beginning or the end, but there is one in the middle, but the audio is different. Sportsmeister.com for my audio. And of course, TechBalt, that's who I am on Twitter. And you can see all my old shows at disruptmeister.com. All right. And sportsmeister.com, all the old audio. So, okay. So we listened to music and that, that was, it's nice to listen to music again. It's nice to not be in mourning anymore, and uh, and the rest. It's the beginning of the rest of my life. The rest of my life, because I, I'll say uh, this last year, I was. Uh, it was my life, and it was my father's life, and now it's it's you know it's now it's back to all my life now. So it's my life, and it was I would you know I wouldn't I the experience was it was a great experience. I would not change a thing. Uh, about about the last everything following the moment of his uh, passing. I wish he did not die. I wish that didn't happen. But since it did happen, everything that's happened since then, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. It's been a, a rewarding, very rewarding experience. Very, very positive in many ways. Meeting so many people. I've been to synagogue every single Saturday since then. I so I was at synagogue today. We're going to talk about that right now. So in in Tucson. There are actually Jewish people in Tucson, quite a few. Maybe they're all from Los Angeles originally. I don't know. Now, the ones I spoke to today, there's one who knew about Baltimore, uh, some from Montreal, some from New York originally. And and what we'll get to. And, and so it was at the Chabad. The Chabad is, is in charge of the shul, the young Israel shul, it's called. And that's where I was today. Good guys. And the rabbi's speech. Oh, my God. I, he's from Crown Heights originally. I have not heard a rabbi speak like this ever. I mean, very uh, fire and brimstone type of stuff going on there. And he, the basic gist, he was talking about the, the, the what happened in New Jersey, the the, the murders in Jersey City uh, by the. I think they were associated with the Black Hebrews, and it's so uh, some pol a police uh, policeman got killed, and uh, two Orthodox Jewish people were killed. And it, it, apparently they were targeting Jewish people and they almost, they, they could have walked into this uh, Jewish school, which was right next door. Maybe they were targeting it. I don't know, but I do know this. Ben Shapiro has been covering the story in, in a great way because the media doesn't really want to talk about it because it doesn't hurt Trump. It's not, it's not Trump's people that committed this atrocity. It's uh, the, the black Hebrews, which is a ridiculous group. You can see them in Philadelphia, in Baltimore, just cursing and screaming on the streets, just ridiculous things. Now I don't know if they were if they were associated with the Black Hebrews or whatever, but again, it wasn't it wasn't you couldn't blame this on Trump, okay? And it was you know it was just it was just Orthodox Jewish people, okay? you know if 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 it's not 
if it's not uh, white supremacists, if it's Muslims that are doing it, if it's black people that are doing it, if it's whoever, if it's anarchists that are doing it, no, it's, it's not a story. And this is Ben Shapiro's take on it. But the rabbi's take on it was just like, no, because people have moved away from God, since the, everything has become very secular in this world and very much worshiping politics, my Lord, that it, you know it's all big political game. And he says, it doesn't matter who you vote for, who you don't vote for. People don't care about life anymore. People don't care about life. Um, they, they'll, they'll be outraged if the people that were killed were – if it scores points for their team, okay, be they Republicans or Democrats. But you should care about life. You know, when, when, when a bunch of people get shot down that in, in, in a – what was it, a store? I, I don't even know what it was. Um, just mindless killing. It's horrible. The mindless destruction of life. And he went and he started screaming, the rabbi. He's like, we've got so many abortions going on. We've got people. And I liked him bringing up the point that, you know, old people are being killed all, all over the place. And I, I've talked to it. It just, you know, if, if to make life easier, if you want to go on a cruise and your, uh, and your parent is going to die, then you, you speed it up so that it, it could be convenient. It could be convenient. You can go on the cruise. You won't have to go back. They'll die before the crew. I mean, I mean, this is unfortunately so. This is the way people think. It's convenience. That and as I told you, uh, almost a year ago, when my grandmother became deathly ill um, after my father had died, um, again it's my mother's mother, um, but uh, still she she did become sick a month after my father died. Um, very, she almost died. Um, she was moments away from death, in fact, and uh, and she was going in and out of consciousness. But before that. The, the, the people at the hospital were upselling her on hospice. They're like, well, you should go to the hospice. You should go home. You can be comfortable. It'll be very nice. They, I mean, they were saying you were going to die. They'd given up hope. You're going to die. This is the way. People don't care about life. And for me, the Meister family, everyone that was there at that time, I was in Israel at the time, they were like, heck no, no hospice. My grandmother could hardly talk. She was like, no hospice. You know, she, could, she had tubes down her throat. And she was screaming no hospice but, but these people at the hospital they think they're doing you a favor they want to kill you they think it's oh we're going to kill you go home you'll die in a day and then it'll be and my grandmother is still alive to this day and she's still driving her uh car around pikesville pound that light button you take that you killers at the hospital and that's that and he's at the rabbis were absolutely right people don't care about uh a life anymore. If nurses are trying to upsell you on hospice and stuff and the person's alive a year later people don't care about life it, it, it is sad. It is sad. And I'm not saying to become religious. I'm just saying care about life, care about life. And this, uh, and don't be, and if you do care about life, don't be afraid to say it. And, and if you think abortion is murder, which it is, um, you could say it. What's wrong with saying it? What's wrong with saying that? If, if people can say the opposite, oh no, it's just, uh, pieces of uh, blood and uh, ha, ha, and you, you'll get to have a party the next day. You get to drink and have fun and be young and you'll be 27 and you won't have a kid. You'll just keep the go partying. And it, okay. That's their opinion. And then you can say your opinion that you care. You think it's murder and it's, it's his life. But I, I, again, so good. But the rabbi was screaming. He was, he was yelling to that. I, I was like, who is this dude? This guy's pretty, <laughs> he's got his long beard and everything from, and he's talking about he talked about Crown Heights a little bit too. All right, so <laughs> oh, these Brooklyn guys, man, you never know it's going to come out of them. Okay, pound that like button. MTMD said, but but seriously, people, uh, take a step back sometimes, uh, and and just it, it's not about scoring points for your team. I mean, this is humanity here. 
uh, and we've and some so many people have lost touch with life. It's and then that's why some people are sad too because they, they have no meaning anymore. If if it if life is not important, then yeah, then life their life is not important. What's 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 life then? Just a bunch doing drugs and partying, and then you're tired out, and then what? You you, you could send your grandmother to the uh, to the hospital to die. I mean, this is sad. All right, MTMD says Bitcoin Meister was that sort of like sitting shiva. Well, he was asking about the mourning period. Yeah, the mourning period starts well the right after the funeral. Then you sit shiva for seven days. That's like the intense part of the mourning period. Then it's then it's thirty more days. It's more. It's not as intense. You can look it up at Chabad. Chabad is just great. Um, they answer all questions. And then it's eleven months of saying Kaddish. And then some people say it's a Hebrew Jewish year since the date of the death. That's when it's over. And that's what my rabbi in Owings Mill said it is. Some people say it's a little less, whatever. So I did it to the extreme, uh, a, a Hebrew year after the death. That was it. That was the end of the morning. That's definitely the end of the morning. There's no one that says, there's no one that says it's longer than that. So, uh, and then you get to do, like there's certain things you can't do during the morning period can't listen to music apparently some say you can some say you can't there's all sorts of other things you can and you can't do was i perfect no i wasn't perfect there's you know there's a whole long list of things but that was one thing i i, I said okay that's part of it i'm not listening to music i'm not listening to music um but i and of course the most important thing was saying kaddish every single day baby pound that like button going to sing god every single day for for 11 months uh no matter where i was and making sure i would be able to say kaddish every single day being, you know, I didn't go to faraway places for 11 months, which is not much to ask. I went to Israel. I went to Los Angeles. I went to Baltimore and I was there and I was in Philadelphia for two days also, which has a large Jewish community, but there's only certain, I mean, only certain places where, you know, you can say Kaddish. I, okay. So, uh, enough that Vention says, Hey, I might get skinny as Adam. I lost 78 pounds so far. Now I weigh 167. You, Adam, Adam weighs, uh, right now I'm at, uh, what am I at? Well, the last time I weighed myself was 141, but I can get, I can get under that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've been a lot, and I'm uh, 5'10", basically. Well, how tall are you? Well, anyway, it, um, I can get a lot less. I, I, 5'10 on a good day. You know, I say 5'10, you know, whatever it is. You, you see me in pictures with the other people. I'm taller than most of them, but not all of them. Uh, you know, with the pictures of uh, Hoffman and uh, Vortex and Thomas and all that stuff. Um, I think, who was tall? One of them was taller than me. Was Trace? Uh, Trace isn't taller than me. Um, Michael, uh, what's his face? He's a little taller than me. What's Michael's name? Uh, Blitzkrieg, uh, Krieger. He might be taller than me. It doesn't matter. That, that, that's not the point. Um, yeah, I, I'm right. I was a I was 141 back in Baltimore. I I can't tell you after Africa, once after Africa, how much I weighed. It, it's not good. I, I don't I don't even, I don't want to say. I don't I don't want to say. <laughs> it, it's it's it was 141 is not is skinny. It's 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 thin. Um, and uh, but no, I I can get I can get 131. I can get 131 pretty easily too. I, I really should be like, you know, I probably should be 149 or something like that, shouldn't I? Um, or probably more than that, right? But uh, yeah. Anyway, eventually, <laughs> good for you. It's it's and it's of course with you. It's not about losing weight. And with me, all the stuff I do, health related, 
is not about losing weight. I would have a sickness if I was concerned about losing weight because I am thin already. And to get down to that African level that I got down to that after South after Zimbabwe once, that was not health. That was not good. I did not know I had gotten that skinny. I didn't understand. I didn't know. I just was living in Zimbabwe for a while and weighed myself. When I got back to Baltimore, I was like, oh no, that's not normal. That's not good. That's not good. That's not what this is about. A, no, uh, intermittent fasting is just <laughs> so you live longer, okay? <laughs> now, and, and it kills cancer and it you know, makes your body healthier and stuff. Uh, getting too skinny is not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. So uh, do, try to keep track of your weight, people. And try to have a scale. If you, if you ever think you're getting too skinny, I did, I did not have a scale for a while there. <laughs> you can look back in those videos. Um, yeah, you can actually tell I was, yeah, not, not, not good. Um, and that's just Africa. I just didn't eat as much in Africa. I don't know. I don't know, man. Africa and me don't get along. <laughs> okay, that can happen. So Yuval Noah Harari said, uh, uh, what do he say here? Yuval, Yuval, no. And, and so, yeah, I've been the same. <laughs> I've been like the same weight since 10th, 11th grade or something. <laughs> something ridiculous like that. And, and, but, but that's my, that's my base weight since 11th. Obviously I did got, get way lower that time in Africa. That's not good. And uh, okay. So Yuval Noah Harari, I've talked about this dude before. Now, again, this is a smart dude. Now, I definitely don't agree with him on everything, but this is an example of someone you can listen to, you can watch and learn from and, and, and gain information. And I, I have built things on top of things that I've learned from him on, on top of concepts like his, you know, everything's a story. People believe stories, you know, watch the video. It, it's linked to below uh, the specific one. Now it does drag on a little bit because he has this Jared dude in there. What's this guy, this old dude named Jared? You got to play the 2X. He was a smart guy too. I don't agree with the Jared guy. I, I, I wish I remembered the Jared guy's last name. My bad on that. He he was uh, with some natives for a while in like New Guinea. Uh, he, he's he's not young and he's his politics are a little weird too. Not that Yuval Noah Harari's politics aren't a little weird. But, but, but one thing that Yuval said in this video, if you have a smartphone, it means you have a boss. And that boss can be your boss at work your kids, your wife, I mean, you're tethered to them. You, 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 they, they, you are on call all the time. Think about that. I don't have a smartphone. Pound that like button. I, no one is my boss. And that's, and that is one of the reasons I tell people I don't, I don't have a phone at all, but I don't want people to be able to contact me at any time to annoy me and bother me about, I like being free. I don't have a boss. Now, so the, uh, something, I, something that gets brought up is uh, the automation, how truck drivers are going to lose their jobs, how all these people are going to lose their jobs in the future uh, because computer uh, machines are going to be able to do everything. I think it's glorious. I think it's the golden age. And so you, you, Yuval, uh, people say, oh, a lot of people are going to lose jobs. A lot of people, there's going to be high unemployment in, in, in America. But he said, he, he makes a great point that if you can automate things like making clothing, okay, all right. So a lot of people in Bangladesh are going to lose their job because you're not going to need clothing, cheap clothing factories in Bangladesh anymore. But all of a sudden you'll open up a robot factory in New York City or in Los Angeles and you'll be able to operate it for cheaper than 
uh, one, a human one in, in Bangladesh. You'll just need a couple robots, a small space, and you'll need some humans to monitor them, uh, to do technical details around it. So employment might increase in the United States because of this. But yeah, so in some third world countries, the automation will, uh, it's not going to be good for, for some of these factories. But for, for those that uh, embrace technology, it will be good. And I'm sure it will help them too. They will get goods easier. They will get products will be cheaper for them also because of automation. But there will be some job displacement. But I think in the Western world, we're not going to see it like they're going to see it in the third. It was an interesting point he brought up there. Very, very interesting point. The future of factories. And uh, and who, who do you think when factories, when you don't need a bunch of people working in a sweatshop in, in Bangladesh anymore, it's not even a sweatshop. I don't know what the conditions are exactly there. Okay, When you don't need 100 people there, um, but would you, could you open, you could open a robot shop there, right? But would you trust the people there technically to monitor the robots? No, you're going to probably need to do it in a technically sophisticated country like the United States. Open it in a, and New York City might be an extreme example, but you know, open it in Baltimore or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I, there's a lot of, but there's a lot. I, I think there's a lot to look forward to. I'm not scared of it at all. Like a lot of this Yuval stuff is like to be scared we all have to cooperate to plan so AI doesn't kill us and AI doesn't do this and AI is so smart and AI this, AI that. He, he puts AI on a pedestal. I'll, I'll tell you that. Okay, pound that like button. But he's you can learn a lot from the dude. He's a smart dude. YouTube is over. That was a hashtag I saw on Twitter when I was traveling. Oh, wait a second. Okay. He brings up a very interesting point, but let me go back to Yuval, something he, another point he brought up about China and data, because Yuval is a big fan of data, that data is power and data is power because China has, is going to end up with data on every single person in some third world country, like in, in Africa. Okay. They're making all sorts of deals with African dictators and what they're going to end up with is all the personal records of some not totally horrible African country, but one that's on the verge of becoming better. Maybe something like Mozambique. Imagine if China got every single data point of every single person in Mozambique. That is enough for them to control the country. They don't have to even be there. They can control the country that way. Um, I mean, it, it, this is, I mean, I, I can't even think of what they could do with the data uh, to, 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 you know, they'd be able to figure out what everybody needs um, how to convince everyone of everything, you know, that they're awesome, how to uh, influence elections so that their candidates are in charge, how to uh, say, hey, we should let the Chinese uh, build toll roads here or do whatever. Uh, and, and it's not just going to be China that's going to do this. I'm sure there'll be other countries. Data is very valuable. His point was, if you know, if you have data on every single person in the country, you don't have to be in that country to control them. That is control right there. That is control. So I, I I took it to a level of China and Africa because I really foresee like some of the like a country like Mozambique. I wouldn't be surprised in the future if they just let China control their complete uh, information flow of everybody in their country, completely monitor it so that uh, they can uh, maximize efficiency of Mozambican people, whatever. And that might not be good, but who knows? It might it might help them in some ways too. 
uh, I, I would not want every bit of my information to be controlled by a government. I will tell you that right now. And I don't, I don't think the United States will ever get to that level. I mean, and I'm telling like every bit of your information, knowing every personal, every single thing about you that's out there and just having it at a snap of a computer or whatever. Okay. So let's, let's go to YouTube is, uh, so yeah, he brings up great points. He really makes you think he makes you think YouTube is over was a hashtag on Twitter. And this is about YouTube just made sweeping positive changes to its harassment policy. So why all the backlash? That's why Vox said. On Wednesday, YouTube made a major change to its community guidelines, announcing that it will now penalize videos that maliciously insult, maliciously insult users based on identities like race, gender, or orientation. Okay, so people are angry because What's maliciously insult? That's up to anyone can, that's an interpretation. I can say, I don't like your frizzy hair. And they might say, well, that's a ma malicious insult. You're, you're out of here. You're banned. Um, and, and another thing is uh, people, the people who are getting angry about this are men. <laughs> Imagine that because it's, it's, first of all, it's mostly men on YouTube again. And a lot of men talk about women. A lot of men, <laughs> there men traditionally are, are more so on the uh can be more abrasive i guess use uh just uh I, I, they're not being emotional when they're talking about these uh subject matters when they're talking about male and female relations or race relations or religion relations uh but they they cannot be politically correct too that that's what being a critic is all about you don't you don't have to be politically correct so yeah i i of course this was this is predictable, though. Uh, I think Steven Crowder actually brought up that YouTube was about to make some changes. This is, again, advertisers like this kind of thing. They love political correctness. So on, on one level, it's uh, it's to become more PC, to get bigger advertisers. It's to get rid of non-mainstream content creators. They want fancy sets and graphics. They want YouTube to be like TV. They want it to be like TV. They think that's how they're going to make their money. Okay, that's the way YouTube's doing it. They're making up new new rules, and the rules might. Uh, Stephen Crowder at least said. Now I, I haven't read, you know, what you, YouTube hasn't even released all the rules, but some of it might be retroactive. If you have old videos that maliciously insult people <laughs> based on their identities, like race, gender, or orientation, whatever, whatever that is, <laughs> I know I know what it is, but it's become ridiculous. Um, you could lose your. Uh, so, so I mean, again. So these social justice warriors could just go to YouTube people they don't like, find some video from 2013, and get them banned. I mean, the tattletale nature of the world is amazing. Informers, informants. Everyone wants to be an informant, you freaking 80 percenters. That used to be disgraceful to be an informant. It's like it's cool to be an informer now. <laughs> it's cool to be a snitch. It's cool on, on, on certain – an internet snitch is good. You know, in certain neighborhoods, obviously, it's not good to be a snitch. But some of those dudes, if you snitch on people on the internet, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You can be you, if you snitch on the right people, that's cool. The right. It, it's anyway. I I I I roll with the punches on YouTube. Whatever the rules are, those are the rules. I'm here. I'm here now. Um, they don't if, if they don't like how the way my videos look, that's great. That's fine with me. You know, I I'm on podcast also, and it's fun. And I, I will comment on it here. 
just like I did. Because I, I will speak my mind. That's what you'll get here on the Beyond Bitcoin show and all my shows every day, a new show. Pound that like button. Okay, so Buttigieg is being targeted again. <laughs> this is so on Twitter again. The mindless mob again. Uh, th this is refund Pete trends as early backers request donations back after learning Buttigieg's, Buttigieg's not so progressive after all. Oh, he, he's not a wild communist. He's just sort of a communist sometimes. He worked for finance people. Oh, he had a job. That's not very progressive. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, progressives and for what, what's going on now is that the media basically they, they want they don't want anybody threatening uh what, what's her face they they like uh elizabeth warren and so i don't think they've really gone after bernie sanders per se either but they're going after this dude i mean there's all sort and it might be her campaign that starts this stuff i don't know refund she's just a, a She's in the corporate, she's representing corporations. There's nothing wrong with that, people. My lord. Democrat being a Democrat, you can't, you can never work for a corporation. You can never work for a finance. I mean, I know, and so okay, on one side of their mouth, they're talking about corporations are evil, and then they they work for them in the past. Okay, I get it. Contradiction there. Okay. Maybe they shouldn't have said that. But you know, you, all these people to get to the level they got to, they've dealt with corporate people. It's it's Corporations aren't bad. They're not evil. Okay. Capitalism, not evil, not bad. And we're talking about teams here, uh, team sports. Bernie Sanders, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he he's so into his team. He's so you know, he, he you know, he he's looking for he didn't, I don't know what he said about that New Jersey, uh, about the Jersey City shooting. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if. Bernie Sanders would want to make make one of the shooters his running mate. I mean, that's that's where that's the side of things he's on there. You know, oh yeah, seems like a good yeah. Those Jersey City shooters, maybe one of them should be my running mate. He, they, probably some people would support him on that. You know, they're good. That's a good running mate there. That's I mean that that's what Pete. That's how into politics people are now. Yeah, they they made a statement there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that that'll be able to beat Trump. Uh, we, we gotta we gotta pounce upon these people. You know, they 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 uh. They, they, they were uh, representing minority rights against the oppressive uh, orthodox there. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's how, that's how messed up the world is. Okay. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie Sanders is a self-hater, to say the least. Okay, what, what do we say? MTMD, have you seen the debate on uh, PORN among conservatives? Yeah, you know, I, I haven't looked into it that much. I heard it was Ben Shapiro brought it up. To ban P-O-R-N? I don't know. Why should you? I don't. People should just keep their kids away from that stuff. It isn't healthy. It isn't healthy at all. It, 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 well, I mean, some people can, like me, I can look at, I've, I looked at it before and I could, I didn't become addicted to it. I didn't have to murmur over it. You know, when I was younger, it was nice to look at. It was something different. You could, I mean, it was everywhere on the internet eventually and, I don't look at it at all anymore. I don't look at it at all. I don't, I mean, at a point, and I think what, what it's done to some young men, it, it, it keeps them away from even trying to attempt to meet women. And you should at least attempt to meet women. Um, so for me, I was just, you know, when I was really young, you know, like 16, I thought it was really cool. 
but then you know, I meet women in college and stuff and after college and getting plenty of women, I didn't look at it at all. It was like, why? And I had friends that um, had girlfriends and, and, and wives and whatever, or, and, 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 and attained many women and they would still look at it. I couldn't believe it. Like, what's the point of this stuff, man? What's the point of it? It is, it's a waste of time. It's a way. Now again, if you're lonely, if you do have, and if you're older, and you, and I can understand if you're not getting any, if you've totally given up on women, etc. Okay, then fine. But it still isn't that healthy, and it's it's not a good industry. Um, a lot of the women that are in it are, aren't in it because they really want to be in it. They're on drugs, um, and so it's, participating in it isn't the best thing in the world. But it is, it is what it is. I, I don't think it should be banned. No, I don't think it should be banned. Keep your children away from it. Just like you should keep your kids away from drugs. Just like you should keep your kids away from drugs. We, because some people can try drugs and just that's it. They just walk away. I, I tried drugs when I was younger and like, what is this? Like, you know, it's not doing anything to me. I'm smoking. It's not doing it. You know, what, what is this? <laughs> and I, I then, but I tried um, ecstasy. Like I'm grinding my teeth. Like, what is this? I'm grinding my teeth. It's what not doing. I'm not, no one looks better or anything. <laughs> what is this? And then, and then it freaked me out after I'm like, I, I can't believe I tried that. I'm never doing that again. But again, then there's some people that try drugs and it's just, it's horrible. It's just a, a ramp to nonsense. So P-O-R-N is similar. I, I don't look at it. I mean, they, whatever. So one of my friends, maybe they'll, if someone shows me something at their house, I'll look at it or whatever, but I don't go out of my way to look at it. No. And um, I don't, uh, and if I want to, I don't, I don't need to look, I, I can picture it in my mind. I mean, I, Think of uh, it, real life experiences can come. I can conjure up in my head and think of good, <laughs> some interesting things that have happened in the past. And yeah, you can get uh, aroused that way. I don't need to look at uh, pictures or anything like that. All right, too, too much information there. But hey, it's beyond Bitcoin show, and uh, I, I don't think uh, it should be banned. No, and you know it. It, it, it is the moral rot of society. It's part of society is rotting away when it, it's become so. It's just out there. Everybody shakes is half nude now. In order to be a singer, a female singer, I think you have to jiggle your backside, and you don't even have to sing well anymore. So it, I mean, that's, but you you don't have to opt into that. I mean, that's mindless eighty percent of society. That's what's keeping the welfare dollar alive. People love that stuff. People love seeing half naked women, and then and, and and seeing most there's nudity now on the TV and. That 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 fuels the uh, the mindless eighty percent of society. So let them have that. If they can't if they can't get away from this stuff, if they don't see that it's not that healthy, that a lot of it's very immoral, and that uh, you should you know, if if you just <laughs> I, I I won't speak of it anymore. But it shouldn't be banned. It, it, no, I, I don't believe it should be banned. Good question, and. Uh, I, ben Shapiro was was going on and on about it. I did not necessarily agree with him on that. He was really rambling on about it. Uh, sure, I mean, sure, it's a sign of, that it's so prevalent now. It's ridiculous that it's so prevalent, but society is is that way. Most of society is decadent, and will keep on spending, 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 spending. So you do the opposite. You save, save, save your Bitcoin. Strong hand, long. Don't be impulsive. Don't buy uh, the the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> uh, buy the real thing, Bitcoin. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and 16-year-olds are going to find a way to get a hold of it. 14-year-olds are going to find a way to get a hold of it. That's, just a, that's, the, that's a young guy is just going to find a way. So 
even if, if, if it didn't exist anymore, they, if it was banned, they would find a way. <laughs> Hormones find a way. Don't they? And okay, we talked about the malicious insults. We talked about Buttigieg. Um, all right. Does everybody see turmeric? Simply organic turmeric. So I, I put this on my food. It's very good for you. All it is is organic. It's just turmeric. Indians like I can I can hardly taste it. I can and I I put turmeric on and off my food for years now. I guess I haven't mentioned that before, but I, I've come across uh, a lot of extra turmeric lately for various reasons, <laughs> and so I've been just pounding it on some of my uh, food. I can't even taste it, but it's good for you. Heart healthy stuff. I I don't know. Read it. Look it up. I forgot what the reason I even put it on my food now. And it, when you can taste it, I think it tastes good. But for some reason, I really can't taste it that well anymore. <laughs> I guess I'm used to it. So Tucson, Arizona. I, this is my second time in Tucson, Arizona. I was here in December of 2017 when the Bitcoin price was, whoa, going wild, baby. And something I didn't, and I'm here because it's warmer than most places in the United States now, but it's not like that Florida kind. I like the dry desert. I like the dry desert. But I'm not the only one that likes it here, apparently, because I don't think it snows and it doesn't get, it gets colder at night, but during the day it is warm and it is like winter. The homeless population, I did not notice the last time. This time I'm noticing it all over. Okay. Like it, it's clear there are a lot of people on drugs. The, the, we know there's a drug problem in the United States of America. We know there's a homeless problem. They're connected. Well, if you come to Tucson, you're going to see it. You're going you're gonna to see it right away. <laughs> now, I love their airport, by the way. I love those small airports, like Boise Airport, Spokane. You just get in and out. Oh, it's so great. And they're, they haven't been updated lately. Some of them. doesn't matter. I'm not, but you don't see the bums at the airport. You do once you get on the bus to get here, because of course, I take the dollar 75 cent bus from the airport, pound that like button. Oh yeah, you better believe I saved that way. No Uber ridiculous stuff like that for me. $1.75, get on it, get get on that bus from the Tucson airport. Took me right here. But right when I got out here, well on the bus there were some interesting fellows. Um but yeah, there's there's a lot of bums. There's a lot of drug addicts and homeless people and shopping carts and uh it's because it's warm. And so it's uh it's something people we're gonna to have to come up with a solution. There's gonna have to be some solution to this eventually. Uh, they're not screaming and yelling like in LA. And this is one of the benefits of living in, I think, a place like Boise is because Boise is up and coming. People are moving there and it gets cold during the winter. So they they have some homeless there, obviously, but it's it's not like here. It's not like LA, not like Honolulu. So that's yeah, that's something I've noticed about Tucson. Uh, people also the the like Speedway is the name of a street. All the streets are very straight and flat, and so people just zoomed and wide. They just zoom. They they go so fast here. They go so fast. But I like Tucson. Um, I walk to synagogue. That was nice. I walk everywhere. Obviously, I love the temperature during the day. I was it got a little too hot when I was walking back from synagogue. It was it was afternoon, so I don't like getting burnt. But I like running here, and so hey, I'm in Tucson till January 14th. So for a month. I don't know where I'm going afterwards yet. I was thinking about like, oh, maybe I'll go to a, a colder place. Maybe I'll, I'll, but then the other, when I was walking around Thursday night, it was cold here. I was like, eh, 
no, nah, I don't like cold. I don't want it to be cold during the day wherever I'm going. Okay, so yeah, I, I got rid of that potential idea idea like eh, maybe I will go to like a sort of cold place now. No, I'm not going to. All right, so 49.5 hour fast. So I said on Wednesday night I stayed up all night because I had to just finish some things before I left. So <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Thursday got on the plane and so but it was also good because Wednesday night I stopped eating and I knew it was going to be a 48 hour fast. I knew it was going to be after I was done this week in Bitcoin on Friday, uh, and it lasted 49.5 hours. I hardly felt it because I slept so much on the darn planes. <laughs> that was good. And that my body, my body now is so in tune because of intermittent fasting, because of living healthy, it must get eight hours of sleep. It forces me to get eight hours of sleep. Okay. So I stayed up all night, but then immediately I start falling asleep on on the in the on the freaking plane. Okay. Then when I got back here, I when I got here, I had to do the trace show immediately. Oh, not immediately, but soon, soon, like two hours after I got here. It seemed like immediately to me. And the trace show was great. Check it out. Then right afterwards, um, I walked. I did do that walk in the cold just to get a walk in because I like to get up. And then boom, I slept so much. I slept so much. And I just got – eventually it, it averaged out to get eight hours, eight hours, and then – you know, last night I didn't get a. I, I probably was two hours short. So after show, I I fell I fell I fell asleep for two hours. So it's like any night I don't get eight hours sleep, I end up taking a nap during the day that adds up to the rest of that eight hours. That just that's the way my body works now, and that's healthy. You should sleep eight hours a night. They say right, it's eight hours. Yeah, a third of your a third of the day sleeping, and that's that's what I do. My body naturally does that. So is it because of I think it's because I'm, I'm, I'm just, I have a set system. I only eat once a day or well then sometimes no times a day, but, uh, <laughs> but everything is very regimented. You know, when I run, when I eat, when I when working out during the day, this is it when, I, when I'm standing at the computer during the day. So my body, it, it needs this data. It knows what it needs. It's, it's good when you're, but when you don't have to think and you're doing healthy stuff when your body naturally does healthy stuff, it's good. Your, your, your system is working, I think. All right, Tom Steyer. A lot of you've heard this dude is running for president. And I actually mentioned him once and I thought I I made a mistake. I said he's Jewish. And probably a lot of people think he's Jewish. His father was Jewish, but his mother was, uh, I don't know, was something. And he was never Jewish. Tom Steyer was never Jewish, never a practicing Jew. I don't think his father was uh, even very much a practicing Jew. Uh, he was not raised Jewish at all, Tom Steyer. Just want to point that out. I was wrong. I called him Jewish. He's, he has uh, a Jewish last name, but he's no, he's not Jewish. Okay. Open and decentralized social media standard. That is what Jack Dorsey is tweeting about. He's hiring people to create an open and decentralized social media standard. And, and uh, the, who, who is this here? The, uh, Eric Weinstein, 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 he's Jewish. Um, he's a smart dude. Sometimes I, I don't understand what the heck he's talking about. But, uh, and I think he, he gets pretty abstract sometimes. But with this, he says, do not ignore this quoted tweet. There are layers and layers with this. I think Jack is likely moves ahead here. Don't let your frustration with current Twitter and its terms of service on trust and safety issues blind you to what is likely to be the fate of social media. All right. So 
Jack Dorsey is aiming high. He wants an open and decentralized social media standard that Twitter will follow, that Twitter will be a part of. And this is implying that people aren't going to be able to be banned, I guess. Right now, Twitter isn't practicing what he's preaching, okay? I think he's kind of removed from what Twitter is actually doing. Like, his goals seem to be different from what Twitter is doing. And that's what Eric Weinstein is, is saying, you know, don't let your frustrations with current Twitter throw you off here. So I wish Jack Dorsey well with this decentralized social media standard platform, whatever he's trying. Maybe he can or incorporate Bitcoin into it. I know he's a big fan of Bitcoin. Good luck. We shall see. We shall see. I'll roll with the punches, whatever happens with the social media. Speaking about social media, Scott Adams, another guy that I uh, listen to, and I play him at 2X. That, it goes by real fast. My, I, I mentioned this before. I mean, the, his frustration with China, it's personal, and he gets carried away m most every time he talks about it. And usually he's really calm. It's funny. He doesn't doesn't get emotional about North Korea. I mean, they have, they also have concentration camps. They have death camps. Um, because he, he thinks the United States should deal with North Korea, but all right. Does he, so he, he went on the rant the other day and he just is mindlessly cursing. He's dropping F-bombs all over the place. Okay. And you read in the comments, everyone is loving it. The 80 percenters are loving it. And it, it's just, it's pathetic. It's pathetic, you know. Um, there's so many people out there. They could be convinced so easily just by a bunch of yelling and screaming and cursing and, and emotion. Um, and uh, the, just when he lacks sophistication, when he lacks sophistication, that's when he's getting his most uh, compliments. And that's just, that's the way of the world. That's that's the way the world works, the 80 percenters work. And I mean, his whole... His whole uh, spiel is about uh, persuasion of 80 percenters. When he talks about persuasion, it's about, can, you know, using mind tricks on people who don't think. And there he, he did one by accident there by just mindlessly cursing. He got a bunch of non-thinking people to be uh, upvote him and stuff. And, no, and I don't I, and that's I don't curse. I don't curse only. I don't think it's, I think it's a distraction. I think it's dirty. Um it's cheap heat, but some people just, it's, it's amazing. People love it. Certain people love it. I, I can't believe it. It's like, oh, potty mouth. Cool. All right. That guy says, Bitcoin Meister, turmeric is a great anti-inflammatory. Yes, that is what it is. But it's better if you get it fresh instead of powdered. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. The Indians throw this stuff on it. I'm down with that. I'm down with India. Down with it. <laughs> I tried to make it into that song, Down With OPP, Yeah, You Know Me. You down with OPP, yeah, you know me. Pound that like button if you're down with OPP. Other people's organic, organic people's. All right. Information versus wisdom. So here's the thing. There's so many people just throwing out a lot of information. And some of them are smart. But hey, a lot of that information just becomes noise. Give me the wisdom, okay? Can you parse through that information and come up with some wisdom from it? Some summaries that we can learn from, that we can understand? So yeah, if you've got a, a dude that's just spitting out a bunch of information from a spreadsheet, okay, give me some wisdom, dude. Give me some wisdom.
So learn the difference between wisdom and information. I think there's a lot of times people are watching some of these YouTube videos. They don't understand what they're talking about uh, in terms of some of the technical Bitcoin aspects. And they, they think it's awesome because they're getting a lot of information. They're not getting wisdom. They're just getting a, a bunch of information they're not really uh, computing in their head. You, you need wisdom that, you know, that you can learn from, all right? Just like pure information that you're just not computing. It might make you feel good, but uh, all right. What do we have here? Okay, no, he's that was a turmeric question. Any other, you can keep on throwing questions. Show is almost over though. So uh, Carl Denninger brought this up on his uh, site, Market Ticker. I, I don't link to it, but I've linked to it before. Uh, you know, some people call it the deep state. I call it Washington, D.C. has and the surrounding area. There is a permanent agency class there. Okay. So many people live in the area. They work for the government. These huge, big federal bureaucracies, these big federal agencies, whether they be the FBI, the NSA, the Department of Education, it's a whole class of people. And they seem to be leaning in a in one political. It's not very diverse politically. Okay. It's not very diverse because they're drawing people all from the same region, all from the D.C. area, and then people who can afford to move there, okay? If we're going to have these big agencies still, and I wish the United States did not just got rid of all these departments, they should be decentralized. They shouldn't be located. They all shouldn't be located in D.C. They should put one in all, every all state. Every state should get there. There's probably 50 agencies, right? There are at least 50, 50 government agencies. Put one in uh, the headquarters of each one in a different state instead of having them all in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Uh, but, you know, because the NSA is up to – it's not in D.C. It's up to 95. It's it's not in – it's south of Baltimore. It's not in the Baltimore region. It's still in the D.C. region. That's about the uh, dividing line there. Uh, the Social Security Administration actually is in Woodlawn, which is a suburb of Baltimore. Uh, that's a complete joke. <laughs> People – somebody told me that they worked at uh, – Social uh, Social Security Administration Woodlawn people were getting fights in the stairway or do drugs in the stairway. It was so ghetto. Whatever they told me happened in the Social Security Administration. Hey, but it's Baltimore. It's government bureaucracy. But here's the point. Here uh, again, some of you probably say, "Well, there's the, the, the post office is everywhere." Yeah, the post office is everywhere. But I'm talking about the headquarters of these big agencies. Get them out of D.C. because they seem to be becoming the fourth uh, branch of government. And they seem to be very uh, biased to say that they're unelected. They're unelected. They're just some, they make up their own rules. They become a permanent class. They're hiring from the same groups of people over and over again in the same region. Uh, and it's becoming very corrupt. So I think Carl's suggesting to decentralize it, put put them in different states. That probably would help, help, help the problem, make things more efficient. It what would be best if we just got rid of these agencies. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Oh, I mentioned Santiago, Chile, that Airbnb I stayed at, saying that it was cheap. And then I looked it up. It, it was great, but it was inexpensive. So I looked it up. I'm like, oh, my Lord, I totally forgot. $2,215 for two months. That's total. That's total. Total for two months, $2,215 included everything. Everything. There was a washing machine, a dryer in that thing, uh, a, a good internet connection, a full kitchen. It was a one-bedroom uh, it, it was great. And uh, I actually linked to that specific one. If you want to stay in Santiago, Chile, you can do that. I recommend Santiago, even though they're communist protesters on the streets now, I'm sure you can deal with it. it it's it's probably fine. Um, but that 
Santiago is a modern city. It is a modern city. You can drink the water. 2215 for that place for two months. That's you know 1100 a month. That that was including everything. That was great. You should people if that, that should be the first place. If you're new to international travel and you don't mind going to a place that doesn't speak English, go there. Stay there for three months and, and over it'll be a little bit over three thousand dollars for a room board, washing your clothes, um, your DSL, the heat, the, the air conditioning, whatever, whenever you choose to go there. And everything else is it's very easy to get around there. It's it's inexpensive. So that specific place I stayed at, you can stay there where the Meister stayed at, but other places are comparatively priced. And it was in a good area, a good, safe area. That's, that's a good. So yeah, there's my Airbnb comment. Henry Abramson, Abramson is a Jewish guy. Uh, I've mentioned his videos before. He talks, it's a good place to learn about aspects of Jewish history and uh, just aspects of Judaism that you don't uh, usually hear about anywhere else. So I linked to his videos below. And something that I just learned from him that I, I did not know about is after the Holocaust, when the, the Jews were in the uh, the camps to get the, re, the resettlement camps, they were there for quite some time after, after the war. And uh, they the American government printed them a Talmud because some of them were religious and they hadn't had a Talmud for a while. And... It was called the it ended up being called the Survivor's Talmud. You, you can buy it, uh, and the the picture I, I never heard of it before. And what I love was the art on the cover page. The title page depicts a barbed wire fence camp, as well as the Mediterranean landscape of the Holy Land. And these words: "From bondage to freedom, from darkness to great light, to a great light." So it is, it is a beautiful cover because it is quite emotional. You know, the bottom part, you see barbed wire and people picking up bodies, but then on the top, you know, good palm trees and you know, that you'll get to the, you know, you went through a very horrible thing, but there, there's the, there's the promised land. A very interesting cover. I, I liked it. I liked it like a lot. And I liked it from bondage to freedom, from darkness to a great light. So God forbid anyone to be in that horrible darkness. So if you ever think you're in darkness, it's not that bad, first of all. But uh, there's a great light at the end of the tunnel. Remember that. From bondage to freedom. You can get your freedom. Um, and I just, I love that cover. I love, I, and I love that story that uh, <laughs> they got they got their Talmuds and stuff. Uh, but you can watch his show. You can learn a lot uh, of stories of Judaism that you never heard about before. And, and, and Jewish people from all different periods of time that I never heard from before. And as I've said, also, my father really got into that show too. He was really getting into that channel too. And it's sad that, uh, but I continue to watch it. So that is awesome. And you can watch it too. So I'm telling people about it. All right. That is it. That's the end of the show. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to the channel, like this video, share this video, check out the links below, pound that like button, bang that bell button. See you guys soon. I'll say hi to you in the chat. Thanks a lot. Bye.